Matthew 10, 1 to 16. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power of unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Now the name of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Ephesus, and uh, Labash, whose surname was the Deus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter uh, a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, saying The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Fleary, you have received fleary give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your uh, money belts. No bag for you, sorry, no bag for your journey, no two tunics, no sandals, no staff, for a worker is worthy of his food. Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say unto you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. May the Lord bless his word. Sent out by Jesus. That's what happens. Now, remembering that what I said, that this is to try and, try and to look at these a little bit with Matthew's eyes and why did Matthew put the, put the, do this at this particular time. <laughs> the first thing I want to note uh, then in chapter, chapter 10 is that Matthew makes a point of naming himself in the 12 and reminding us that he was a tax collector. Mark and Luke don't, say, don't do it. Matthew makes this deliberate choice. I'm reminding you what my background was. I'm reminding you there was a tax collector amongst the 12. He uh, clearly uh, wanted, never wanted us to forget uh, where he had come from uh, because he was uh, one of the outsiders. Um, but um, it was very helpful listening to Colin and Anita yesterday because they... they uh, corrected what I could, could have been a misapprehension about what I'd said about outsiders um, and Anita talking about the up and outs. Uh, because, of course, Matthew was not poor. Almost certainly, as a tax collector, he wasn't poor. So outsiders uh, uh, are not just those who are uh, on the margins of society through poverty and so on. Um, so that's the first thing to note, that Matthew, Matthew does this. And then, then we, we have to think, just think this through. 
These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It's a very clear instruction. You are only to go to uh, this confined group of people. So why on earth does Matthew bother to include it when he's writing a gospel which is about the evangelization of the world? Clearly, Matthew thought and understood that whilst the mission that they went on as, a, as the Twelve was deeply confined to a small group of people, that the instructions that Jesus gave remained permanent guidance about mission, even for those who, would re, who were responding to Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, which you know well. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and teaching them to observe, and so on. In the task that we now have of making disciples of all nations, Matthew, I think, is saying to us, you know, the lessons that I learned about mission when I was, had only been following Jesus for a few weeks, at most a few months, still apply. So they still apply to us now. Um, that's, that, that, that would be a, a, another... Uh, thing to note of course is that Jesus calls the 12 after he has known them not very long they have had no theological training well apart from what he's given them which has been fairly intensive to be fair but I think my point is that actually none of the disciples would have made it through an Anglican selection process because they would have been sent off for three years by which time Jesus had died now I follow the processes, you need to understand. <laughs> but I, but um, actually, where it disturbs me most is the number of parishes I hear lay people saying, oh, well, they don't know enough yet. They don't know their Bibles well enough yet to teach children or to do youth work or to do parish visiting. Well, I'm sorry, Jesus' example says... You get out on mission from day one and following Jesus. It's not about knowing everything before you, before you do it. Actually, the only way you really grow and really learn is to get out and do it. That's one of the reasons Jesus does this with them. Uh, and uh, we need to put people out. So, um, so next uh, slide. I, can't, can I? I can. There we go. Um, <laughs> The first thing is they are sent out with the authority of Jesus. Jesus sent them out instructing them. He called them to be with him, then he sends them out. They have, he gave them authority, verse 1, over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every disease and every affliction. And we need to simply to remind ourselves, time after time after time, that it is Jesus who sends us out with his authority to be proclaimers of the good news. We do not do it on our own authority. We do not do it of our own volition or out of our own choice in, the, in one very deep sense. We do it because Jesus calls and sends and gives us his authority. Secondly, he sends us out to the lost. I'll, I'll keep doing that. There we go. Do you know, it's a great feeling of power, Bisoki, isn't it? 
Go nowhere among the Gentiles, but rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus sent them out to the lost. And, and if you remember, you know, just in the, the back end of chapter 9, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They were lost. One of the things, one of my reflections uh, on where we are as a nation in this country is we are harassed and helpless and rather lost. There's the, the deep spiritual truth about being spiritually lost. But, but actually, when you, uh, in talking to people uh, who are decision makers and leaders and so on, there is a real sense of actually, you know, we, we don't actually know answers here. There is a real sense in which as a nation, and I think the West as a whole is feeling rather harassed and helpless. It's a bit rudderless. It's unclear. So we are sent to the lost, to those who are wandering around, unclear what their direction and their purpose is, unclear that they are loved. We are sent to the lost. And uh, we are sent... With, good news, with the good news in its fullness. Proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. There's the, the fullness of Jesus' ministry is now reflected in the disciples' ministry. And we are sent out with the good news in its fullness. And people discover Christ through uh, all kinds of ways of sharing his love and his mercy. Through confronting evil in all its forms. Through bringing healing and hope. As well as the proclamation that we do. Now here's an interesting conundrum that I, I'm not entirely uh, sure what my answer to it is at the moment is um, because I hold firmly and have held firmly, so, you must, so I have to say this first, I hold absolutely firmly to the proclamation of the cross because that's, you know, that we proclaim Christ crucified. There was no proclamation of the cross here because it hadn't happened. And Jesus hadn't even started talking to the disciples about the fact that he was going to be uh, rejected and crucified. So the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom at this point without the cross. Uh, now I'm sure that Matthew is meant us to read this and then understand what, where that uh, everything else that then then happens. Uh, but um, what it at least says to me is that in the proclamation of the kingdom, whilst we must always and never move away from the proclamation of the cross, the cross may not always be the first place to start in how we communicate the good news of the kingdom. Now, I say, I'm rest, I'm, I'm, this is one of those things when you prepare talks and you, get, and, and you think, I haven't found the answer to this one yet. Um, so uh, I hope I've made it clear. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not moving away from the gospel of the cross. But I just, I, I just think it's an interesting reflection on they, they didn't have the fullness of the gospel in, in that sense to share. And yet Jesus sends them out with good news to share. And I, one of the things that certainly does 
uh, reflect back for me uh, again is on this that, that so so often people say oh I can't share my faith because I've, I wouldn't know how to answer this question I wouldn't know how to answer that question I don't I don't under, understand the ins and outs of why Jesus died well actually the Lord sends us out in mission with all those questions unanswered in our hearts and minds and he just expects us to share what we know But we need to be proclaimers of the gospel in all its fullness, in all kinds of diverse ways, which, of course, is one of the things that CMS has always stood for and continues to stand for. It's why CMS has always been involved in healthcare and education and so on. We've always believed that the good news is proclaimed in a whole variety of ways and is about the wholeness of people's lives and well-being. Then... Um, I want to, then uh, Jesus says this, you received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold, nor silver, nor copper for your belts, and so on. And they have to go out, and they have to go enter into the house, and if the house is worthy, let your peace come on it, and so on. They were sent out to receive, as well as give. Jesus deliberately sends them out in such a way they have no choice but to receive as well as give. And um, too often, I have been guilty, I think, of thinking that I've got it all to give. When um, actually the Lord keeps saying, you know, you're going to find yourself as recipients of hospitality and grace from those you've never met, those you've never known, those who won't necessarily share. There'll be people of peace in the sense that they will welcome you and so on. And we need to constantly in our mission remember that we are sent out to receive as well as give. Receive hospitality. Don't just think it's all one way. And... Um, That, I suppose, over the years I've discovered more and more that God meets us and provides for us through very unexpected people in unexpected places. So, uh, and he speaks to us. I can, um, when I, this is going back to Walthamstow, talking to one of the um, local Muslim leaders who put one of the, the strongest challenges from God ever to me, uh, to, to the church, when he said... Why is it that so many of your Christians are shy about sharing their faith? I said, what do you mean? He said, I thought you were good news people and yet you don't talk about it. <laughs> okay, that's a, quite a rebuke. Thank you, Lord. Coming from, uh, yeah. And then um, they are sent out, well, these are, knowing that there will be opposition. And actually, I have to say, Jesus, if you read the whole of chapter 10, the opposition bit is laid on with quite a trowel in this chapter. Uh, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, we, we read. Beware of men, they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in the synagogues. You'll be dragged before governors and kings. When they deliver you over, to, do not be anxious. Now, this, this clearly is part of Matthew making it very clear that we were, at that point, sent only to Israel. But now he's making it very clear to the readers, um, this really does apply to worldwide mission, 
and you will get dragged before Gentile, uh, Gentile courts and kings and so on. Uh, and he talks about opposition coming from within the family and from within the community. There's going to be religious opposition. There's going to be family opposition. There's going to be community opposition. He is absolute, but he keeps saying, don't be afraid when that happens. For nothing is covered that won't be revealed or hidden that will not be known. But he's at, he is being very clear to the twelve that following Jesus and being engaged in mission will mean there will be those who don't like what we do, who disagree with what we say, who will make life very awkward and difficult. And uh, opposition is what we must sometimes expect. That's very hard for, us, for those of us who are... Um, uh, genetically geared to always wanting to make people happy and please people. But actually we have to, we have to recognise that proclaiming the gospel will involve opposition. Uh, and um, strange, if, you, if you want to know what I think will happen in our country as we seek to share the gospel afresh is I think we will find greater and greater welcome for the message and greater and greater opposition for the message. I think that's what will happen. It won't be one way or t'other. We will be welcomed in many ways, but opposed in others. And three lessons, uh, very finally, rapidly, for, from what's covered. If you, you'll have to read Matthew 10 in full. But um, it seems to me that what Jesus uh, is very clear with the disciples that wherever they go, whatever they face, they are to behave gently. Be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. They're to behave gently towards all people. Christ, God's kind of gentleness. They are to rely on the Spirit. And they are finally to know that they are loved. Jesus keeps reminding them. And uh, the, the chapter ends, whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because his disciple, his disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. But the sense of being loved by God comes through the chapter again and again. So as we go in mission and as we are sent out afresh, let us behave gently let us rely on the Spirit and always know that we are loved. Because when we know we are God's beloved, then we can cope with the opposition and the disagreements and the uncertainties <coughs> and the, I really don't know how to cope here. Because God's love keeps assuring us. And that's why we keep going back to the cross, because that's where we see that love expressed constantly, supremely. <coughs> and they've been sent out, and last one, when Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. You've not heard anything from me this morning about being sent out, you haven't heard before. But then, that's not a great surprise, is it? Because Jesus sends us and sends us and sends us again. 
and he never stops sending us. May we go in his name.